1: This is a rogue media network podcast.
0: This is 365 sports powered by Sikkim
1: 365.com Top five enticing coaching candidates. This uh, I have to make a confession. I have to give Emory some credit here, and I think this is funny, and it's the only reason I'm telling you this story, is that the initial title was Top 5 Hot Coaching Candidates, and Emory thought it sounded like maybe uh, I was I was going to do a fashion show or like a... <laughs> Who would be those? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Top five most eligible bachelors yeah. in college football. Dan Lanning. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, he seems to be. Yeah, but with him, you got to keep one eye open. man. That guy's nuts. <laughs> yeah, he is a little bit. Number five, Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. Uh, again, I like, he's at his alma mater, but I do think that somebody is going to come and make a play for him and say, look, uh, this is a much more certain future than you have uh, he 's an excellent coach, and part of the the thing was inspired by Jake Dickert, who could have been on the list, but right now he 's not uh, but jonathan smith i'm i 'm i'm just very curious what happens with him now people have left their alma maters before he 's there um I think he obviously he would want to stay there forever, but given their uncertain future, you know somebody can come in and and offer him a really good gig and he 's a young and up and coming coach uh, they're they're good on defense they're good on offense he seems to have nice balance it seems to kind of know what he's doing to me uh, somebody needs to at least kick the tires on him if they have an opening especially at, at, at a power five job
2: yeah Brando had a uh, very high praise there for the Beavers yeah. and uh, what they've got going on and yeah they've got a really good football team that's got plenty of opportunities to make a lot more noise the rest of this way but yeah I mean I think if you have a head coach opening right now that's a power five job and um, you're looking for somebody to you know come and you know take you to the the next phase of, of your program I mean you logically are going to look at this guy and at least kick the tires a little bit on him and you may not bring him in for an interview when all is said and done or he may not have interest but you're definitely at least looking into the possibilities there and I've just been very impressed with, uh, you know, how good that team is all around, uh, especially at home. Play some nasty defense. DJU, you know, was this big problem? Not a problem child, and like he got in trouble and things. But you know, Clemson just like we don't know, it's man, like, like conundrum. Yeah, so the a conundrum, yeah. and you know, here he goes off to Corvallis and working pretty well. I don't know, working pretty well. Uh, I love Damian Martinez. Uh, I think he's a great back, and um, yeah, Isaiah. Well, I mean, they, they got they got a lot of great players, so um, yeah, he's he's a guy you at least kick the tires on. Yeah.
1: Number four, Jason Candle at Toledo. Uh, really surprised he didn't get a job last year. He's got um, the Rockets at six and one, uh, and and first overall in the MAC uh, right now, and uh, we're in the West of the MAC, but they're they're probably going to haul off and win that thing. And he's someone that if I'm Michigan State. I'm thinking about this dude. He's got an excellent offense. Uh, When the offense isn't working, he's played great defense as well. The only loss in the season is at Illinois in week one, 30 to 28. Um, He's a guy who's on the way up. And, I mean, it doesn't just have to be a Big Ten school, but he's right there in the Midwest. And... You know, certainly his recruiting base is the same, although he can't get as many kids as a Michigan State could. But this would actually, if I'm Michigan State, be my number one guy, uh, would be Jason Candle. Uh, so uh, as far as – and that's the only big job that's open and the only job that really is open right now. For now. Is Michigan State. And so maybe they could jump on this pretty quickly. And while their you know, alumni might want a bigger name than that, like, ah, I think you, you've got to look at results, and Jason Candle is certainly a young up-and-coming coach who can do some things.
2: Yeah, I need, I need to correct one thing. I said Isaiah Bolden. Silas Bolden is yeah. who I was referring to for Oregon State amongst their, their bevy of playmakers, but I want to make sure I get that right. Uh, Isaiah Bolden is somebody else entirely, so yeah. Silas <laughs> Bolden is uh, also a bit of fun. But, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I, I think you've had on some previous lists. Uh, I think maybe when the Michigan State job first opened up, yeah. that was somebody that you – I'll uh, yeah. mention, and so yeah, he's he's certainly in that pool of guys. I won't pretend to know a ton about him, but everything I've read or heard or listened to has been very positive about the upper trajectory and uh, the possibilities of yeah, him being a, a great candidate for Sparty or perhaps for any other bigger jobs that open up. I right. thought he was going to get the USF job. You, that, right yeah, question. that's maybe when you're talking about based it. based
0: on yeah. how much you have a man crush on him. Would he a, be a part of the top five hot coaching candidates? Jason Candle, look, he's a I mean, you mentioned him. He's sixty and thirty three. He played at Mount Union, so you know he knows how to win. Yeah. Uh, and and then coached there for a little bit, too, for about five or six years, so he's got a little bit of that in him.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe so. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm doing here and I don't even realize it. Yeah, uh, maybe. Num- number three, Charles Huff at Marshall. Um, you know, he gets talked about a lot. Like, uh, when you read articles or you hear people talking about coaching circles, you know, and, and you know, what – you know, who the next wave is. He had that big win over Notre Dame. Um, you know, and Marshall's been pretty consistent. Um, while they're not, you know, I don't I don't think a team that, that people think of quite often. They're 4-2 uh, right now. Uh, they're on a two-game losing streak, but one of those losses was to NC State only by a touchdown. And they lost to, to Georgia State last week. Uh, they've got James Madison this week, which should be super interesting since James Madison is, is really, really good. But I do think, you know... If I'm Boston College there on the East Coast, which I think is about to come open, you could do a lot worse than Charles Huff and someone who's who's kind of exciting and innovative. Um, I, I really do think that Charles Huff at Marshall is going to get some play here in the coming weeks because I do think um, – you know, We're at that point where some of those jobs are going to start opening up. It might not be a year like it was a couple of years ago where every job it that was open was huge, You know, unless there's like catastrophic things that go on or people go to the NFL or something like that. But there will, there will be some interesting jobs opening up, some power five jobs. I think Boston College is the next one, and I do think they need to look at Charles Huff.
2: Yeah, I mean there's you know, if Lincoln Riley decides like, oh, I'm gonna go coach the Panthers or something, then yeah. yeah, that could that could definitely shake some things up. But I mean, I I know it's not the the Bible by any means or the definitive guide to coaching hot seats, even though it's coach's hot seat. But yeah. you know, that's something to just take a glance at. And like, dude, it's such a vanilla market that like the number two best job that could be or no, they have they have Jimbo on top of the rankings. It's like he's not getting fired right now though. Um Aranda's like five or six. He's not getting fired right now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, a lot of the others just they aren't, like, Nate. Napier's on there. He's not getting fired right now. No, and, so,
1: and, and, look, they're 5-2. and two. Yeah. They're not, He's not getting fired so, like, this
2: year. I don't know how often that's even updated anymore, but I know that yeah. it was a, a fun place to go at times, and I still do. But, yeah, it just goes to show you that there's just not, like, there's not there's not even five quality jobs for all these guys to go to right now. Yeah. So it's going to be fascinating to see how some of these do open up, like O'Reilly, you know, or somebody else going to the NFL. But, yeah, Charles Huff, I mean, certainly probably best known widely for that Notre Dame win I would think still at this point mm-hmm. but yeah good coach and uh, somebody who you definitely hear a lot about when when the speculation starts is it's not Let's start off at the top and go down, but we are talking about who are guys that can make leaps, and, yeah, he's certainly somebody uh, in that mix. I, I
1: think there need to be more Kalen DeBoer, Lance Leipold type hires as well. Sure. Where you are – Yeah, not, I don't want retreads. Yeah, where you're not necessarily just going, okay, who's the defensive coordinator at – Ohio State. At, at Ohio State. Like, that's Jim Knowles. I mean, you, you, know, did, if you wants didn't wants be.
0: mention the defensive coordinator at USC. He might need a job. No, yeah,
2: well – Do y'all uh, even realize that Cliff Kingsbury's on that staff until you see him on the sidelines? Is that, like, yeah. register with y'all? No. With yeah. USC? Yeah, yeah.
1: I completely forgot that. See, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, I
2: saw him the other night, and I was like, Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's on the staff now. I forgot about that. Yeah, and, that's
1: awkward. Yeah, probably. And probably, I mean, not that he's not working hard, but working a lot less hard than he was. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Riley
2: was consulting with him on the sideline, but he didn't have the headset or anything yeah. because it's not his his gig. But yeah. I was just, it was like, Oh yeah, I forgot. So he's the... an analyst. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, unlike when Gary Patterson had headsets on when he was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no,
2: I mean, no. I don't know how all that works. To be honest, I don't, with I don't think that was supposed to happen, though. But no. yeah, you know, oh, Gary's. Always by the rules, right? He, he I mean, was that, that must have been a slip up. He, he was just listening to road. his own.
1: He was just listening to his own music. He is editing. the high road. Yeah, number two, Manny Diaz, and look, like they've been down the road with Manny Diaz head coaching spots a couple times before, but. Uh, he's either the—I mean—he's the best defensive coordinator consistently in the country when he is a defensive coordinator. So he's been at Texas. He's been at Penn. He's now at Penn State. You know, he was the head coach at Miami, and they didn't give him a long time at Miami. And it was when Mario Cristobal, you know, basically said, "Yes, I would come back there." They they ushered Manny out the door before he really even got to get his sea legs. He's going to be a head coach again somewhere. I think he'll 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 figure it out. But this is his defense is so good at Penn State right now to me there's no way he's not a head coach uh come the, this this offseason
2: yeah just for clarification on Cliff he is a senior offensive analyst but he's also quarterbacks coach Very so he, he is yeah. a part yeah. of the he, uh, which, if he's one of the 10 I just don't even think about it because of Lincoln being there yeah. you know but uh yeah. it was just interesting to see them on the sideline the other night but yeah Manny Diaz um like you said Penn State's playing some superb ball on that side of the coin you know his his coaching record kind of Iffy, but you know you got to give guys opportunities, and sometimes they grow as coaches, and maybe he's one of those guys that's that's going to do that with a, another opportunity. So yeah, I think that's somebody that you know didn't work out well at Miami uh, or what you wanted it to be, but that doesn't mean that he's not capable of you know doing something somewhere else at some point in time for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, if you had told Bill Belichick you won't can be a head coach again, exactly. Yeah, you know, after yeah, yeah, the yeah. first try, I mean, it's it's sometimes I think that's kind of a silly thing. Number one, Mike Elko. Look, Duke is not only are they good. Like this isn't a a Duke team that is just like good by Duke standards. This is a really good team, and the way they play is so ridiculously fundamentally sound that anyone would be crazy not to call Mike Elko for their head coaching position. Because where did he used to coach before? Then he was at A and M as the uh, defensive coordinator.
2: Yeah, and oh shoot, there's there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and so. Uh, and that's actually the ball they need to probably be playing, actually, in College Station I, yeah, to some yeah, extent. Yeah. O- you know?
1: Outside of some name that we're not thinking of that can come in there and, and keep that recruiting the same and and tweak some things that Jimbo's not doing, I, I don't know. But Mike Elko, uh, his brand of ball travels. I also think that, you know, you will see, say he's at Duke for seven, eight years, the, you know, this is where he wants to be. You will see versions of Duke schematically that are different based on who's coming in. He has found the schemes on both sides of the ball that work so well for what he has because. Again, they're playing FSU this week. He does not have the athletes that FSU has. But I promise you, FSU's going to have a hard damn time with that team because they're not going to jump off sides. They're not going to have false starts. They're going to punch you in the mouth. They're not going to get called for holding a bunch because they know what they're doing. And that type of ball is good in any league, anywhere. You can win most of your games if you don't beat yourself. And that's, Duke does not do that. And that's what Mike Elko is really good at, not to mention he's a bit of a defensive genius.
2: I'm not uh, entertaining really the idea of Jimbo being out after this year. And I think – I want to go back to what I said earlier. You know, all he's got to do is beat Texas next year and everybody's going to be – Oh, that's you know not, yeah, mean, it's fine. That, uh, yeah. Um, but then lose to Texas and that buyout money will appear real quick. But, you know, that's, that's a long time away. So – you know, if we get closer to that situation actually being more realistic, then I I haven't really given it much thought, but Elko seems like he would be a logical yeah choice. I don't know how much he enjoyed his time in College Station. If that's somewhere, he'd be like, absolutely. But, I mean, it doesn't get much bigger as far as blank checks and, yep. you know, big well, facilities. He would know, and, where,
0: he would know where it all is. Yeah, yeah, so
2: I'm sure that would be enticing to some extent. You know, kind of a, a downer that – you can't just expect him to be a Duke for a decade and see what he does. Maybe he will be. Maybe he realizes, like, hey, I've, I've got a sweet spot here, and it's kind of unique, and that's good and, and plays into my uh, plays into my likes. I'm not sure, but, yeah, he, he would be a, an obvious candidate for AM or any other big job that opens up at this point based on what he's done with the Blue Devils. Yeah. Adam
0: McDonald with uh, one more question to close out the chat. Great stuff, Paul. Thank you. Will the pack exist with just two teams? No. No, I legally or technically whatever, but in the end, no, they will not exist with just the two
2: teams. I mean, it all just depends what happens with this court case. No, yeah, yeah, of course it does. Yeah, like the thing that I just have a hard time seeing is how you put a schedule together for next year uh, if it's just you two, and how all of that works. Like, are you treated as though it's the Pac-12 still, or is it like acknowledged that like you're not, you're just two schools, and you're one and zero in conference. Is that playoff worthy when the rest of your schedule is like anybody you could find that has an opening somehow that you could pay to yeah. come play you? So, like, that that part of it's very strange. We've and, seen and how
0: hard it is to fill one but, opening,
2: but maybe eight or ten. Maybe there's an alternative to that, but that's all we know it to be right now, and so that's where it's hard to see how that would work. But I, who knows? Yeah,
1: Adam, my best guess is what happens is they figure out how much money that the other schools are going to give them for whatever would be owed outside of the expiring media deal. So how much they have left, like what assets that that they retain is saying we're going to hold on to the Pac-2 or the Pac-12 and the name and all that, and then they make a deal with the Mountain West right away and they come in, and the Mountain West will get shares of that money because they'll get a boost, and that's the the merger we see because nothing else makes sense because if you have two teams, that means you've got a schedule. You have 11 games to schedule yeah, because – you're well, gonna play each no, other.
0: No, 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 because you already have probably yeah, three non conference yeah, games. Yeah, it's some
1: non conference games. But still so you have
0: eight to nine Baylor games. Taylor had to play Albany and Long Island. Yeah. Because Law Tech wanted to change who they were going to play in back to back years. Thank you, Bobby B. Brock and also M C. Gusto, among everybody else, who uh, just kind of said goodbye to us. Thank you, Paxton. We love you anyway. Uh, No, seriously, we love the feedback. We appreciate it.
2: And there will be more conversation once there's some clarity there. Yeah. You know, but, like, right now it's just, like, who the heck knows until there's some things decided in in the courtrooms. But, uh, yeah, appreciate everybody for, uh, for joining us.
1: This has been a Rogue Media Network production.